Welcome to Stance for Health podcast with Dr. Rod and Karen Wirth, where becoming healthy is not complicated. Control your health by focusing on six areas of life that we teach you so you finally have the energy you want, have to do what you want instead of being a victim of your age. I have over 20 years experience working as a chiropractor and Karen is a author, speaker, and longevity coach. We've seen how a tiny change in your habits today can open up your life to a powerful future. Start today and take your stance for health. Welcome to Stance for Health. Dr. Rodney and Karen back with what we promised you last time. And that promise was that we would give you five ways to really get that lymphatic work five ways to really get that lymphatic system working properly. There are simple things you can do every day, and they're going to make a big difference in how you feel. Stay hydrated, breath work, bouncing, hydrotherapy, and dry brushing. There are many more, but these are the ones that we want to start with so that you can begin to eliminate that long list of symptoms that many times are not tied back to the lymphatic system. Before we get started with these, Dr. Worth, would you please give us like really short version of why the lymphatic system needs this kind of help? It's primarily a passive system. Ooh, well said. Yeah. Compare that then to an active system. So as you think about the, the heart, Got it. It's, there's an actual pump. So yes. the reality is the pump for our lymphatic system is our skeletal muscles. Name, name any skeletal muscle and it. It's actually in and when it gets tighter and relaxes, it has a pumping effect on the lymphatic system. Got and the it. lymphatic system, uh, as far as the vessels go, are actually set up like, like veins in a way. They have those valves in them. So it's a really a one-way valve. It's a little bit like when you try to pet in terms of a fluid pattern, it's a little bit like trying to pet a dog backwards, right? That the hair, how it flows, oh, got one, it. How, it flows one, <laughs> how it flows one way. That you lost that and now you lost me for just a little and bit. The, how the but fur goes one way, the fluid go. goes one way. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. So let's start with the first one. And the overarching one of all of these that you've just brought up that we didn't list as a separate one is a lot of movement. And when, I don't know if you remember, if you go back and listen to the lymphatic system part one, because that's where I talk about how I got so fascinated with this because we have what's called a fat zapper. And it is a laser that targets the fat cells around the middle, the dangerous area, the muffin top, or so to speak. And what happens is there's a tiny pore that is made after the lasers focused on that for 20 minutes. And then that fat goes into the interstitial area. What is the interstitial area? Doc? Well, the interstitial area is just anything that's you'd want to say outside the cell. Ah, okay. Right. So it, there's going to be capillaries and then spaces around those capillaries where fluid can okay. exchange. Cause we're talking about a single, it's down to a single cell level. 
you are better than Google. Oh, wow. asking you because you I really understand that. So basically, one of the things that we do is a vibe plate, a vibration plate. But any kind of movement pumping that you can do, movement is going to begin to do this. But at a more basic level, you need to stay hydrated. So we talked about that lymph is that colorless liquid that you have in your in your even in your bloodstream. Right. Lymph isn't in the blood, though, is it? It's not really. If you could, you could say plasma is Got it. is really the fluid that that comes off minus your red blood cells. Right. And might have white blood cells in it, but like a filtrate. It's not really. It's really the same thing as saying lymph slash plasma, you know, with a few other things that are different about it. Got it. It's not called lymph until it's in the lymphatic, yeah, lymphatic system. system. So if you're not drinking enough water, then that lymph is going to get thick and it's not going to be able to flow as much. So dehydration is so dangerous. I recently was, was following a friend on Facebook, all kinds of prayer going out for this individual. And guess what? The basic cause of an ER visit, dehydration. And it, and there were so many other symptoms. So it's the most common cause for an underproductive lymphatic system. So how much water should we drink? I love your measure. A couple of different measures out there. Some people want to do therapeutic levels of water. And I, and I should say, we need to start with filtered water, water that's also with reverse osmosis. But the rule of thumb is really just for every 50 pounds of body weight, uh, to a point, up to a gallon of water a day, but it's really what am, am, amounts to is fifty every fifty pounds of body weight a liter of water, okay, or a quart of water. So I've heard it put this way: half your weight in water daily measured by ounces. Mm-hmm. So however many pounds, then half that, and that's how many ounces. Yeah, I like that too. So, and then the other thing is that you can also make it work even better by putting lemon in your water, but be sure to drink it through a straw so it doesn't mess up the enamel of your teeth. So that's pretty cool. So lemon water and lots of it. The next one is very near and dear to Dr. Rodney because he is so disciplined in this area. My hat's off to you. I don't have one on, but here's my hat. Because you consistently do breath work, and that actually is an amazing way to process and expel toxins, bacteria, other villains of your health. It basically carries all of that outside. And so talk to us about what happens with your breath work and kind of a little history, how you got started. I think it's a fascinating topic. I love breath work because it takes us back to when we're babies. You've ever heard of the expression sleep like a baby? Yeah. We probably notice their their diaphragm and oh, then their chest. Tummies. tummies first, then their chest. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this this little wave motion. I love it. Right? Somewhere oh. along the lines. I know babies. Somewhere along the lines we miss, we start we start breathing more just with our chest and not our diaphragm. So another shallow, almost like a, a scared dog or a hot dog, just the shallow breathing. I think that, I think that's fair. Okay. 
as compared to? As compared to like a baby breathes. The example of it is breathing way deeply with your diaphragm and letting your stomach round out and not being self-conscious about it and getting to the place where you can actually breathe unconsciously that way. First with your abdomen, all the way up with your chest, down with your chest, and then out with your abdomen. That's the natural way to breathe. The funny thing is, is that I get so many thoughts about how esoteric the idea of breath work is. The reality is it's just a return to what's normal. It's how we should breathe. It's the way we were meant to breathe, actually. So doing it every day is actually a form of hyperventilation. And it's a little bit like squeezing a sponge when you do breath work to the lymphatic system, because what you're doing is you're increasing what's insides are called the theca of your body. The inside of your chest cavity and your gut is actually called the theca or endothecal space. You actually increase the pressure there when you breathe like that. So it's like squeezing the lymphatic organs and the major lymphatic vessels in, in and around the abdomen. Wow. Isn't that something? And then those deep breaths compared to shallow, shallow activates the sympathetic, those deep breaths activate the parasympathetic. Can wow. you explain that to wow. me again? Well I said. always get those confused because it seems opposite. Mm. But sympathetic the, is, what is that? You have something called the, it, it sounds just like it. what it means. The reality of it is it's automatic breathing, right? Or automatic in terms of like digestion, automatic in right. terms of autonomous everything that's going okay. on mm-hmm. and so that's why it's called the auto that's there's a branch of the autonomic nervous system that's primarily controlled by cranial nerves and the plexus further down and the sacral plexus it's really kind of an unconscious part of the nervous system so breathing is unconscious it's not conscious but you get that's the funniest thing about about humans is that we can't yeah. We, can, we can actually we can change it. Yeah. And we can, it's like, I just first thought I had was like with dogs, you know, they just kind of pant. They just can't control themselves. Right. <laughs> they can't control themselves. And yet it's a form of hyperventilation to cool off, but they don't have like, they don't have the same kind of system for cooling off that we do. But getting back to the point, you're, you're really talking about automatic versus uh, versus motor or conscious volitional control, prefrontal cortex versus brainstem type stuff. Brainstem, out of the brainstem comes a lot of our postural control, cranial nerves, right? But also a host of other cranial nerves too, for like the diaphragm and things like that. So, and then down further, you're actually talking about things that control your large intestines or the, some branches of the intestines. And so why do I want to get to a parasympathetic instead of a sympathetic? The reality is that you're talking about cortisol, cortisol, or uh, some of the, some of the more like catecholamines, managing catecholamines, things that have a tendency to put us in that fight, flight, the F's of, of like fight, fear. Flight. Freeze and fawn yeah. and try to please other people. Yeah. And it's all hyper versions of something that's 
basically puts your body in an emergency state. So this deep breathing, besides helping, we're going to do a podcast just on this topic or several. Yeah. But just deep breathing can calm anxiety then. Absolutely. Because in a way, you're using breath to actually, I would imagine, to stimulate in a way and complement the vagus nerve because you're stimulating the all the parts of the vagus nerve when you breathe. You took deeply. a deep breath as he said that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So those are the things that come immediately to mind. And it's fascinating, right? And people don't, it's, we're like, we're thinking, why do I need to do breathe intentionally and, and do hyperventilation work? It's because it, you actually go from hyperventilation to hyperoxygen to a place of hypoxia, which tells your body we need to create more things that can carry oxygen better. So it puts you, it puts you in a, in a state where you, your body thinks it needs to produce more things like that. Wow. And so that also, it's almost like massaging the lymph nodes. And then it is. And then you, you think of where the, so many lymph nodes are under the arms, the groin area, then, then all through here, the, in the tummy area, like you said, the baby breathes, they're just pushing all of that out. That nothing's clogged up with them. Well, gut associated lymphatic tissue. Wow. Galt. That includes the spleen. And that includes a lot of, like you said, the larger lymph nodes of the, the inguinal lymph nodes, lymph nodes up into the axillary area and, and clear up into the neck because you're actually, when you take a deep, deep breath, you're actually stimulating those muscles up there wow. too, the, wow. the, the scaling muscles. You're making, almost making me want to do that every day like you do. We'll talk about that more later when we yeah. get into the well, breathing. I hope, I hope so. I hope it has the same effect on the people listening. Yes. <laughs> so number three, that's what we've done. Stay hydrated, breath work. I call this one bouncing. And if you have a trampoline, just get on it and bounce. And it basically a mini trampoline, you, you jump up and down. Or you can get on a, an exercise ball. We actually have those at our desks when we sit down and then we have a standing desk the rest of the time. But just that, that bouncing up and down is basically getting that lymphatic, that lymph to move on out to where it's supposed to be. You can't but help but think about what your dad used to call what we do in the morning, our type of exercise, high intensity interval training, also known as pace, little plug, but we don't get paid anything for it but we've been telling people about pace for years now. He used to call it jumping. Yeah. So when are, Similar you, when are you going, when are you going to jump? And the best part about bouncing, like get on that exercise ball and bounce up and down and, and just really in good posture. And basically you can do it every morning or as a warm up. It basically it's pumping the lymphatic fluid through the system, but it's also stimulating the fascia. And that's the connective tissue around all your inner parts. And so that's part of why when you come to stance, a part of your adjustment is myofascial release. So bouncing is an amazing thing. That's another uh, thing that we do. We use that same technology when you come after you get on the, have the fat zapper. So all of this is really helping you because you've got a lot of liquid, you're breathing properly, and now you're bouncing. 
And I'm going to have turn the next one over to Dr. Rodney because he loves this. Along with his breathing, he takes a cold shower every morning. And so this hydrotherapy, tell us what happens with the cold exposure. It's a very similar thing. You think about what happens to your body when you expose it to cold. It has a tendency to what? Contract. Mm. So you can do multiples of these exposures in a, in a single session. You can do it one time and, and try to do that for an extended period of time where the blood tends to rush away from your extremities, right? That effect will certainly stimulate the lymphatic system. So it's pulling those toxins out when it does that? Absolutely. Wow. It's, it's, it's like, again, it's, it, it's a temperature version of squeezing a sponge. Isn't that something? I love it. And it's, a, it's that simple, really. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of physiological things we could say that are, that are sound pedantic, but this is the fun thing about this is that it's, you don't have to think about it. You just do it. But tell me, I can't tell you how many patients we've talked to and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, not doing that cold thing. So I'm going to, I'm kind of that way. So what I've had to do is I've had to work up going hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And it was actually one of our clients who was going through the, and lost 5.5 inches, exactly targeted, exactly where she wanted around the middle part. And she said, you know what I've done? I've gone gone hot, cold, hot, cold. By the time I do the third one, by the time I do the third one, I'm comfortable. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So I start with the hot water. Yeah, hot water. I go to the cold. And then as soon as I start to feel the cold, I turn it back to hot. And I'm now up to five or six of them. Nice. And so it's, it's the mental part, isn't it? I think you have to just get exactly. You just have to get used to it being a sensation that it's not going to kill you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold. This is not going to kill me. We did. We did something similar, a little bit more, a little bit more advanced than this. Not much more advanced, but around uh, the wintertime, just after one of the freezes that we had. Yeah. The water wasn't frozen next door, but we took the temperature and it was what? 49. 49. Okay. So just to give you an idea how cold 49 is, most of you hear 49, it's like <laughs> 60 is cold. It, it's 39 degrees is, is the temperature of the water when you break the ice. So it was slightly warmer than that. But he, he jumped in after doing his breathing and boy, those toxins were fleeing your body. Yes, fleeing. So I had to go drink some water after that. I, th- I was feeling like drinking hot water, which kind of sounds a little bit like coffee, kind of tasted like coffee. Just Oops, kidding. you're giving away your weakness. I know, but I have to drink a lot of extra water to do yes, that. I typically absolutely. do two or three cups of water to every cup of coffee I drink. Absolutely. Yes. Increase, but that's one we should put under stay hydrated. If you're drinking coffee, it's a, it's a diuretic. So you need to add another eight ounces per cup of coffee of water per cup of coffee. The final one is dry brushing. And this is that you take a natural brush and basically a a natural bristle brush And on dry skin, you begin in the best time to do it is just before a shower. 
So what you want to do is sit down, start at your feet and brush each side eight to 10 times, quick, firm strokes, not hurting your skin, but you're basically thinking, okay, if you look at where those lymph nodes are in your body, that's what you want to go after. And you're always brushing toward your heart. And this is going to stimulate the lymphatics. And so you don't need deep pressure because they're right there. Brush up your legs, then your thighs and get in, like we said, the inguinal. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's right. In the groin right. area and behind the knees, there's a lot of them there. You want to brush your hands and forearms, upper arms, always towards the heart. And remember under your arms, there's a lot of lymph nodes. So you keep brushing towards the heart and those thoracic vessels empty into there's some large thoracic ducts at the center of the chest. Explain that to me. Blood vessels, <laughs> blood vessels in general follow nerves. They're like in a bundle. Lymphatics uh, tend to be in the same kind of area, but these are things that are, are emptying primarily into the spleen, but also emptying into some of the larger blood vessels to be recirculated. Okay. And, and okay. so it has to have a play. The filtrated version of lymph has to have a place to uh, plug back in. And I just wondered about that because it's talking about the thoracic mm-hmm. uh, ducts, they're calling them, which is really close to where the thymus is. Yeah. How convenient. How is that? When you're brushing your neck and and uh, and around the collarbones, be extra gentle on that skin there and then come down and brush over the belly towards the heart. And get the back as much as you can. I have a brush that has a long handle. And so that's what I do. And so this takes five to six minutes. You'll feel great. It really, especially if you jump in and take that cold shower after doing that, your lymphatic system has just been cleansed. And just go look at our blog on the lymphatic system part one. And there's a huge, long laundry list of symptoms that you might not think about. Like if you're, if you've got swollen or your rings won't come off in the morning or you've been gaining weight or you're depressed or you have brain fog. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Think about it. This costs nothing except a teeny bit of your time and a commitment to do that. And that's what stance for health is all about. Yeah. It's not that complicated. No. Small changes that you can make. Just think of what you'll be able to do in your life with all the energy that this is going to give you. The excess energy can go to doing what only you can do. So thank you for tuning in and joining us in taking your stance for health. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us at Stance for Health podcast, where getting healthy and staying that way are not as complicated as you might think. Subscribe now and discover steps and small changes that can increase your energy and open the door to vibrant health and longevity. If this podcast has been helpful, please write a review. We'll see you next time.